0: Hello, welcome to the LDS study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and welcome to this daily podcast where we delve into the scriptures and discuss the Come Follow Me materials and other gospel topics. Uh, We are in February the 3rd to February the 9th in Come Follow Me, 2nd Nephi chapters 1 to 5, we lived after the manner of happiness and we are continuing in the section covering 2nd Nephi 2, I am free to choose eternal life. Now, this is a continuation from yesterday, so I fully recommend you go and listen to yesterday's episode before uh, this one today. Uh, that was Series 2, Episode 35. We are now on Series 2, Episode 36, uh, and we're going to continue uh, from where we left off. I was actually watching a film recently that was particularly interesting that um, made me think of this uh, study uh, as, I, as I kind of sat and pondered it. It's a film called Downsizing. I think it was uh, made in 2017. Um, with Matt Damon uh, in it and whilst uh, it's, it's, it's a film with a few problems in and I'm I, you know I don't think it's the greatest film ever there was an interesting um, moral dilemma at the end uh, and so spoilers if you are interested in watching the film but uh, again it's not the greatest film ever but there was a, a very interesting uh, decision to make uh, by the main character. Basically to give you an overview now I've given the spoiler, the spoiler warning is that in the film uh, it's discovered that human beings can be shrunken down to a, you know five inches tall or very small uh, and so this idea is put forward as a way to save the planet uh, you know smaller people means they're taking up less resources uh, and the world's you know descent into its um, you know unsustainability is is slowed down significantly so basically he goes forward he's shrunken down Uh, And he goes through a number of um, events through the film, which are funny uh, and 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 all those kind of things But then towards the end he's in a situation where He has to make a choice. He finds a a group uh, a colony if you like or or a a group of people uh, who discover uh, or who have Burrowed a hole uh, into the the kind of the surface of the earth uh, and it's found uh, in Antarctica, that there is methane gas being emitted and that this gas will lead to the extinction of the human race uh, in a couple of hundred years or so. And so these people, you know, have decided to take matters into their own hands. They've burrowed this hole into the surface of the earth. They've got uh, artificial sunlight. They've got uh, plants and trees emitting oxygen. They've got farmland. And basically they've created a, a colony within the surface of the earth because they're so small, um, so that they can you know, not be too far into the surface of the Earth, so they don't have the oxygen that they require, but um, they can also escape the elements outside which are going to um, extinct you know, most large mammals and so on on, on the Earth's actual surface. And uh, the main character has to make a choice. Uh, he's, he, at first, is very excited about this idea. He, want, he is a person that wants to make a difference, and you see this throughout the film. He wants to find his place. Uh, but he just, you know, is not able to find it uh, due to some events that happen at the beginning of the film. Um, but then he meets this group of people, and suddenly there, there is what he feels is his answer. You know, he's going to go into this hole. Uh, he's going to live in there, and then you know he's going to be part of the human race uh, surviving. However, on the way during the film, he meets uh, a love interest, uh, and they and they, you know, start to to form a relationship. But this love interest isn't interested in this. Um, they or sh- she wants to go back to their life, you know, which they start to build uh, where, the, where they live. And basically, she's a humanitarian. She, you know, is fo- so focused on helping others. That's what her life revolves around. And everything that she does is to help others. She, she's formed a cleaning service for people that didn't have any income. When she finishes her cleaning day, she goes and picks up, you know, any leftover food that the, um, you know, extravagantly extravagantly wealthy people uh, have got. And they just give this leftover food to her. And then she's able to take it home to where she lives, which is a a, a run-down place. She gives out food to people that need it. Uh, She goes home. She's looking after people who are ill. And, you know, her whole life revolves around this. And so she wants to go back. You know, she says, you know, w- what about this person and this person that we help every single day? And then he's saying, well, but yeah, I mean they're, they're just individual people. We're, we're here, we've got an opportunity to do something to save everyone. And basically the film goes on and he's got to make this choice. Does he go and into this hole and say, and be part of saving the human race uh, in a couple of hundred years' time? Or does he go back to where, you know, he lives with this person and make differences in lives now in the here and now. And I thought this is a very interesting dilemma because at first I thought, you know, well, surely you should go in the hole, you know, you should, you should save humankind. But actually, when you sit and think about it, the choices that we make today have a huge impact. And it's that um, principle of choices that is shown us in Second Nephi 11. Uh, it says in Second Nephi 11, when I just find it in my scriptures, there it is, for it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. If not so, my firstborn in the wilderness, righteousness cannot be brought to pass. Neither wickedness, neither holiness, nor misery, neither good nor bad. Wherefore, all things must be needs, a compound in one. Wherefore, if it should be one body, it must remains, remain as dead, having no life, neither death, nor incorruption, nor incorruption, happiness, neither nor misery, neither sense, nor insensibility. And I thought um, that whilst this film that I mentioned doesn't necessarily give a good or bad choice at the end, they're both you know equally good choices, one could argue, from different standpoints, um, but it was nevertheless a choice between two opposites. Um, we have the same in, in our lives every day, often choices between a straight good and bad, but there are many choices between better and best, or good or best. Uh, And so, you know, this whole life is is a plethora of choices. Joseph F. McConkie said this, quote, It is the existence of opposites coupled with the agency of man that gives meaning and purpose to our mortal probation. Laws are essential to the purposeful life, as is a clear distinction between good and evil. Any therapy that purports to free men from the burden of sin by denying the existence of sin also denies to its adherents that joy and peace which can only be known by obedience to the laws of God. Any religious system in which a profession of faith is accepted as a substitute for true repentance denies its practitioners not only of relief from the burden of sin, but also the very knowledge of how one obtains God's favor and progresses in the direction of the divine presence, It is this existence of these opposite choices and our ability to choose, which we'll come on to in a second, that gives a meaning to life, that tells us how we can find peace and happiness because we know how to fulfill that, that purpose. So many people that I, that I talk to just don't have that direction in life, don't know what to do next or where to go or why they are making these choices. And that is found in the gospel of Christ. And that's why 2 Nephi 2 is such a, a valuable chapter. Uh, or, well, yeah, a modern chapter, because I know that obviously the chapters in the Book of Mormon weren't always broken into these smaller chunks. This whole discourse to uh, to uh, Lehi's sons was probably all packed into one. But this section talking about moral agency and the, the, the fact we have these choices, um, you know, is vital to our lives. And each of these th- four principles we talked about yesterday, a knowledge of good and evil, a law given to mankind. So this this law is, a, is in reality an actual law. And then the third one, which we're talking about here, the fact we have opposing choices, which you know may seem to have some good things to both of them, is an important part of our, of our life and mortality. This law that I mentioned, it will always be there. It is eternal. It, it's it's, it's, it's going to always be there. Like we read in verse 13 where it says, "'And if ye shall say there is no law, ye shall also say there is no sin. If ye shall say there is no sin, ye shall say there is no righteousness. And if there be no righteousness, there is no happiness.'" and if there be no righteousness nor happiness there is no there be no punishment or misery, 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 misery and if these things are not there it is no there is no god and if there is no god we are not neither the earth for there could not be no there could have been no creation of things neither to act nor to be acted upon wherefore all things must have vanished away um in a talk given called Free Forever to Act for Themselves in October 2014, D. Todd Christofferson said this, quote, It matters both temporal and spiritual. The opportunity to assume personal responsibility is a God-given gift without which we cannot realize our full potential as daughters and sons of God. Personal accountability becomes both a right and a duty that we must constantly defend. It has been under assault since before the creation. We must defend accountability against persons and programs that would, sometimes with the best of intentions, make us dependent. And we must defend it against our own inclinations to avoid the work that is required to cultivate talents, abilities, and Christlike character, close quote. Life is about work. It's about developing ourselves and helping ourselves become better. Um, and then we know that we have this ability to choose it because we have the power to act, which is the fourth Uh, thing mentioned in the manual that is key uh, to this this process of agency and developing ourselves in verse 14 to 16 it says and now my sons I speak unto you these things for your profit and learning for there is a God and he hath created all things both the heavens and the earth and all things that in them are both things to act and things to be acted upon wherefore the Lord God gave unto man that he should act for himself Wherefore, man could not act for himself, save it should be that he was enticed by the one or the other. We have the ability to choose. We must have the ability to choose. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, we, we would not be able to make this progression. In a, in a talk called Now is the Time in April 1989, um, this was said by Hugh W. Pinnock. He said, quote, It is entirely appropriate to, def- to depend on others for some of what we need. There is no substitute for loving and supportive parents, priesthood and auxiliary leaders, skilled doctors, dedicated teachers, and expert auto mechanics. Turning to these people for help is not wrong. For what is wrong is expecting others to do what we can and should do for ourselves, close quote. And I think that's a perfect de- description of how agency works. We should be working for ourselves, but of course there'll be times we need to rely on others. Self-reliance does not mean we do everything for ourselves. If it did, then it would mean that the two tyres that were flat on my car uh, a couple of weeks ago, I would have to go and fix them myself. I'd have to go get the tyres for myself. I'm not unable to turn to others for help and and ask for some support. And it's the same, and I know that that might be a different example because I'm paying for their services, but even when people are, are, I'm not paying for their services, it is perfectly reasonable to ask for other support in life in fact it 's necessary, however, we are expected to ask. We are expected to go out and do that thing, and when we ask people, we might you know show an increase of love that that would be a good thing or or you know try and offer something that we can support them in. you know life is about being this this agent to act for ourselves and being able to make that choice i mean i 'm going way over my time here, but Uh, elder david a bednar uh, when he came to talk to um, the mission at the leeds mission when i was on my mission uh, he taught this great principle of being an agent for ourselves Um, and it was such a powerful experience that there are things that are acted upon and things to act as a teacher i apply this in my teaching at school now that i shouldn't you know get someone to stand up and just give an answer straight away i need people to become an agent that they be that they are able to learn Things for themselves and gain that desire, and then it becomes more effective in them retaining that knowledge and being able to participate in that lesson. Um, these principles are such key, fundamental, eternal principles. And without this chapter within the bu- this Book of Mormon, we would not have this, such clear understanding of this plan and how we and, and our role in it and what we are required to try and seek to do. Uh, I am going to stop there. There was a little bit more I wanted to say about um, the the adversary and the the fact that he seeks misery uh, and a discussion I had with my children uh, on Sunday about this. But um, I just don't have time. But uh, if there's anything that you wish to uh, share, please do so at Roberts 90 on Twitter or email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening and until we meet again.